I'll be reading from John chapter 9, verses 1 through 41. It's the whole chapter of John 9, so it's quite a bit of a passage, but it all goes together because there is this sort of bracket of Jesus and his action with the blind man. The whole chapter is dedicated to this one incidence. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 41. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not this, that this man had sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. And so he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors of those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? And some said, It is he. Others said, No, but it is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered them, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and I received my sight. Then they said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought, they brought to the Pharisees the man who was formerly been blind. Now it was on the Sabbath day and when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight, and he said to them, He put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So again the blind man said, What do you say about this man since he opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. The Jews who did not believe the blind man had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight, and asked them, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But now, how he sees now, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that anyone should confess Jesus as Christ was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said to him, He is of age, ask him. So the second time they called the man who has been born blind and said to him, Give glory to God, we know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know is that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? 
How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Why this is amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him. It is he who is speaking to you. Jesus said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world. Those that who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say, We see, your guilt remains. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This pollen is getting me. You know, sometimes seeing is not believing. Sometimes we can see something happen and notice it happened right in front of us and still not understand what is going on. Or perhaps we see something and we think there's something more to what we see and so we make assumptions about it. Throughout John's Gospel, there's this theme of seeing and believing. People see one thing and then believe another. Or people see the same thing and there's something different going on inside of them. All throughout John's Gospel, if you go back to John 1, John 1, the first chapter in John. As he's calling his first disciples, in John 1... Chapter 1, verse 32, with John the Baptist. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descending on him like a dove, and it remained on him. John 1, 34. And I have seen, and I have borne witness. John 1, 36. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Again, 38 through 39, Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, well, who, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and you will see. Again, the focus is on seeing. John 1, 46, Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip answered him, come and see. This comes up time and time again. John 1, 50, Jesus answered him, Because I have said to you, you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? Again, I want to see, see, see. 
And so this whole chapter we get to in John 9 is about people seeing. In fact, Jesus shows up at the very beginning, at the very end. He's nowhere in the middle of the chapter. It's a long chapter where Jesus is not even present. Jesus is not there. The whole chapter is bracketed by Jesus, but what we are supposed to see is what is happening. We don't want to miss what is happening, and yet so many times we focus on the wrong thing. In John 9, Jesus heals a blind man, and yet the majority of the chapter focuses on how different people react to the same event. And he passed by, in John 9, 1 through 2, and he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and the disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus' disciples saw a man who was punished for his sins or his parents' sins. In those days, if somebody was born with an infirmity, if somebody was born with affliction, they were born blind or they were born, that they were born crippled, they were born because somebody in their family had sinned. God was punishing them. And so the disciples saw this as an opportunity to ask a question. Who's being punished here? Who's being punished for the sins? John 9, 8 through 9. The neighbor, those who had seen the man before as a beggar, saying, is this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it's the same guy. Others said, no, but it looks like the same guy. And he kept saying, no, I am the man who was there begging. I am the one who was born blind. The man's neighbors the people who saw him every day couldn't tell if this was the same person or not. The same guy they had seen in the street for years, and they said, no, it couldn't be him. It's not the same guy. Again, we see, but are we really seeing? John 9, 14 through 16, Now it was the Sabbath day when Jesus had made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees asked him again how he'd received his sight. He said to them, He put mud in my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. The Pharisees saw this as a violation of the law. So we have one, they see a sinner. The disciples saw a sinner, either him or his parents. Two, his neighbors saw him as somebody different, not the same person they knew all their life. Three, the Pharisees saw somebody who violated the law, the covenant of Moses. Thou shalt honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. We're still not done. John 9, 20 through 21, his parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he has sees now we do not know, nor how do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He will speak for himself. The man's parents saw fear. We can't say anything because of the mob. They might take it the wrong way, Right? If we say the wrong thing, we might get in trouble. They might take it the wrong way, and then they'll try to crucify us. Everyone sees something different. Everyone misses the point. Much like the, the father in the parable of the prodigal son in Luke, 
Jesus and the blind man are focused on the joy of the event. They're focused on the kingdom. John 9, 25, he answered, Whether I am a sinner, I do not know. This is the man speaking, the blind man. Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, though I was blind, now I see. The blind man is focused on his sight. He sees now. Somebody who's never seen his entire life and now he sees. He is excited. He's rejoicing. He doesn't have time to figure out whether he was a sinner or not, what he did wrong or not, what he needs to repent of or not. All the rest of the town is focused on what is else. We call this majoring in minors, right? We're going to focus on the minutia, the details. Well, how did that happen or how did this happen? The man's not focused on any of that. He doesn't care. He knows that he was blind and now he sees and he's excited about this. So we're focused on the minutia of the moment rather than the joy unspeakable. Dr. John Mackey relates a story. He was a, a Scottish minister and he was an officer with the World Council of Churches and after World War II, he was sort of put in charge of rebuilding churches in areas that were stricken by war, that were destroyed. So he would go around to these communities and help them rebuild their churches after the war. He and two other pastors were, were visiting a remote village in the Balkans. And there was an Orthodox priest who was slowly rebuilding the church because the, they thought if the church rebuilt, the community would rebuild. And so they were rebuilding the church that had been destroyed and the people scattered after the war. The priest had been rather lonely in isolation for some time and he was thrilled to have visitors, these three men, these, these pastors, fellow pastors that had come to see him and check on him. And so he, he brought a guest into his little house that he, was, that he had made shift, this little house, and he sat him down in his study and he offered them the, the best things that he had, the things that he had scrounged up after the war. He found a box of cigars from Havana and offered these three pastors these box of cigars that he had found that had survived the war and the shelling in the village. Dr. Mackey took it and had a few puffs and remarked how fine it was. It was wonderful. The other two pastors looked at him and said, We don't smoke. How dare you bring those things out? Feeling bad, the priest retreated into the kitchen and he pulled out a bottle of wine that had survived shelling that he found under some rubble and poured it, the finest wine, and he brought him back to the pastors. And Dr. Mackey took a glass and he drank it and said, this is the best wine I've ever had. His companions, even more aghast, said, really? We don't drink and you would bring us this? As the three returned to their car afterwards, the two pastors assailed Dr. Mackey and said, you call yourself a Christian, you call yourself a leader in the church, you call yourself an officer in the World Council of Churches, and yet you sit there and smoke and drink. Dr. Mackey's reply, I've never smoked or drank in my life. I just knew in that moment one of us had to be a Christian. 
one of us had to celebrate with this man who lost everything and gave us the only two things that he had, the only two things that he could find, that he saved for somebody special coming to his house. You see, when we conclude that our God is involved in something because it doesn't con conform to our rules or our standards, then we become the Pharisees. We become those who can't see the joy or see what is happening because it's not right in our book. See, are we so focused on what we desire and what we want and what we think should be that we're not focused on what Jesus sees. And so perhaps our, our prayer today is, is to help me have eyes that see how Jesus sees. To see what Jesus sees. To experience what Jesus does.